Palm Sunday, we all know. We've known it since Bible school for many of us. And uh, what can you say about Palm Sunday that hasn't been said? It's a feast that falls on the Sunday before Easter. It marks the first day of Holy Week. I was surprised to see that every day of Holy Week has a name. And most of them start with Holy. Holy Monday... It's the day that Jesus cleansed the temple. Holy Tuesday, the day Jesus' authority was challenged by the chief priests and elders. Holy Wednesday, also known as Spy Wednesday, which was the day that Judas agreed to betray Jesus to the chief priests. Monday, Thursday, we all know, was the day that Jesus celebrated his last supper. Good Friday, when Jesus was judged and crucified, and Holy Saturday, also known as Black Saturday, the day between the crucifixion of Jesus and his resurrection. And many people include Easter Sunday and Holy Week, and that's understandable, even though technically, even in the Jewish calendar, Sunday is the next week. As we all know, Palm Sunday commemorates Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But what makes this event so special that it is recorded in all four of the Gospels? Even the birth of Jesus isn't recorded in all four of the Gospels. But Palm Sunday is. And I think maybe to understand this a little better, we need to look at the significance of this day. The book of Daniel was written in about 530 BC. And I'm going to start in Daniel verse 25 and 26a. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. And after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. What Daniel doesn't know and doesn't tell us, but we know, is that the Messiah was cut off in order to pay the price for our sins, to redeem and restore our relationship with God our Father. Now, the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem is recorded in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, beginning in verse 1. The decree was issued on Nisan 1, 444 B.C., which in our calendar would be March 5th, 444 B.C. Continuing in chapter 2, verses 7 through 8, Furthermore, I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Now it took 173,880 days from the giving of this decree on March 5th, 444 B.C. to fulfill Daniel's prophecy. 
And if you're really interested in this, as I am, you can get the math by listening to Francis Chan, Holy Week, on YouTube. He does a great job of explaining the math of, of, of this. So when you take March 5th, 444 B.C., which was the issuing of the decree in Nehemiah 2, and add 173,880 days, you end up with March 30th, 33 A.D. Now, while we do not know the exact date of the first Palm Sunday, it is uh, commonly believed that Jesus was crucified in 33 A.D. Now, if this is not enough to stir your interest about this day, Let's review Palm Sunday's relationship to the Feast of Passover. And according to Exodus 12, in the first Passover, the Lord commanded Israel, Israel to select a lamb without blemish on the 10th day of the first month of the Jewish calendar. The lamb was then brought to their home, into their homes to live with the family for four days. On the eve of the 14th day, now remember, the Jewish Day starts at sunset, so that would be the 15th day. The eve of the 14th day to us would have been their 15th day. They were to kill the lamb and smear the blood on the doorposts and share together, together the Passover feast. Now, according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus entered Jerusalem five days before Passover. So Jesus entered Jerusalem on a Sunday, which was the first day of the Jewish week and five days before Passover of that week. Jesus lived among the people of Jerusalem for four days, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, and then that evening was the fifth day, um, Good Friday. So Jesus lived among them for four days, which would bring him to his arrest and trial on Thursday evening, which by the Jewish calendar would have been the 15th day. And Jesus would have been crucified on that Friday. And all those years of celebrating the Passover were a prophetic description of the passion of Christ. When one looks at these parallels, one cannot be struck by, but by the obvious planning of God. Palm Sunday, the original Palm Sunday, was no accident. It was not a day picked out for no reason. God had a purpose for this day. And as we look at these parallels here, we should also look at the contrast between Jesus' treatment the night before Palm Sunday and his treatment on Palm Sunday. In John 12, beginning in the first verse, we read, then, six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those at the, that, who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spinnakerd, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. So I have to ask a question. What is so precious to me? And what would I do with it? Do I keep it for myself? 
Or do I give it all in worship of Jesus, my Messiah? What's most precious to me is my will. I like to do what I want to do. But that's not always what God wants me to do. So I offer up my will in order to do God's will. You know that spinnaker of oil, that pound of oil? That would have been more than a year's wages. That's not a year's savings. That's a year's wages. It took Mary a very long time to save for that. And yet she did not hesitate. She didn't just dab Jesus' feet with a couple of anointing of oil. Another scripture says she broke the, 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 the uh, flask and poured it all on his feet. Luke 9, verse 23 through 25, Jesus is speaking. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man to gain the whole world, and yet he himself is destroyed and, or lost? So the next morning, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, which directly fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey. On a colt, on the foal of a donkey. There is much symbolism involved in Palm Sunday. Palms are signs of peace and victory. And Jesus' entrance being marked by these Plants points towards the incoming peace and victories that the people were hoping for. Another symbol is a donkey. During those times, warlords bent on hostility would ride in on horses. But on the other hand, kings meaning well in peace would ride donkeys to indicate their gentle intentions. So the first day of this week, Jesus enters Jerusalem riding on a donkey with a large multitude gathered around him. The large crowd sped, spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. Mark eleven seven through 8 tells us, Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees, and spread them on the road. In strewing their cloaks on the road, the people were giving Jesus a similar honor as the royal treatment given to King Yehu, who was given this honor at his coronation, as recorded in 2 Kings 9.13. John 12, verses 12 and 13, The next day the great multitude had come to the feast, and when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. 
So John tells us specifically the branches that were cut down were palm branches. Luke 19, 37 through 40. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called out to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered them and said, I tell you, that if these should keep quiet, silent, the stones would immediately cry out. On that Palm Sunday, people honored Jesus and they praised God. The first time Hosanna is used in the New Testament is in Matthew 21.9. It's for Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem as king. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. If you're not aware, Hosanna means please save. Let's look at Psalm 118 verses 25 and 26 for a minute. Save now, I pray thee, O Lord. Or you could be written, please save, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The crowd was shouting Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26 as Jesus entered on that Palm Sunday. You know, they were not heralds. Here comes the king. Make way for the king. Praise the king. No. They were rejoicing and believing their deliverance from the Roman Empire was at hand. Just before that, in verse 24 of Psalm 118, it says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The Hebrew word for rejoice is gil. It means to rejoice, to exalt, to delight in. And the Hebrew word for glad is samach, and it means to be gleeful, merry, or glad. It reminds me of King David as the Ark of the Covenant entered into Jerusalem. Pirouetting with joy. Dancing. Worshipping God with all his strength. How will, you, how will you worship God today as we celebrate the living Ark of the Covenant entering into your Jerusalem? Will you herald him as king? Or will you worship him as a true worshiper? Debbie McDonald on Crosswalk.com wrote the following. Palm Sunday reminds us that the reign of Christ is far greater than any, than any the mind of man could have conceived or planned. Man looked for someone to fight their battles in the present day world. Yet God had the ultimate plan of sending his son to fight the final battle over death. This is the greatness of why we celebrate this week. Because of Christ's ultimate sacrifice, we are set free from sin and death. The crowd understood that Jesus was a prophet from God. What they did not understand was that it was not yet his time to set up his father's kingdom. 
Matthew 21, verses 10 and 11. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Just five days later, some of these same people would be shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! They were disappointed because they didn't find their deliverance from their earthly trials. Can you imagine this? That the man that raised Lazarus from the dead and was celebrated for his potential to deliver from Rome, and five days later they're hollering and shouting, crucify him, crucify him. At Jesus' crucifixion, where were those who accompanied and praised him on Palm Sunday? John 19, verses 25 through 26 says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Mary Magdalene was there. John the Apostle was there. But where were the rest of Jesus' worshipers from Palm Sunday? Have you allowed the disappointments of life to cause you to minimize who Jesus really is and what he really wants to do in your life? I'm sorry to say I haven't on more than one occasion. But the good news of Palm Sunday is that we can choose to worship Jesus as Mary did or as the crowd did. What is Palm Sunday? What's special about Palm Sunday? It's the opportunity to assess where we are in our relationship with Jesus and to choose to be Mary's, giving our all to our Savior. Let's pray. Father, this morning... Lord, we want to be Marys. We want to be true worshipers who worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, even regardless of what the people thought as Jesus entered into Jerusalem on this day, we know that he is the king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we know that one day he is coming back, not riding on a donkey but in the clouds in glory at the shout of the trumpet and we shall see him as he is. Father, please help us not to allow our disappointments in this life to cloud our vision of who Jesus is and what he wants to do for us. Do not allow those disappointments, Lord, to steal our faith. But let us always be confident, Holy Spirit, that Jesus is riding into our hearts as the victor, the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, our Savior. 
and our Messiah. Help us to worship you this day, Lord, with all our strength. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.